Welcome to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Now get ready for another episode of Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain. Hi, I'm Sandra Champlain. For almost 25 years, I've been on a journey to prove the existence of life after death. On each episode, we'll discuss the reasons we now know that our loved ones have survived physical death. And so will we. Welcome to Shades of the Afterlife. I feel so incredibly blessed to be able to witness so much afterlife things, and they're happening online. Everything that I'm just about to mention, you can find the replay or upcoming events at wedontdie.com. Friday, we had Scott Milligan do a demonstration of trance mediumship. And for the skeptical person, it's so hard to believe. Basically, he closes his eyes, he listens to a few pieces of music to let the unseen world, his guides, his inspirers, blend with his energies, and they use his voice to speak. And as far out as this seems, he's been doing it for over 24 years and trained himself by sitting quietly in the silence and getting to know his guides, his workers. Every Friday, we get to witness a gentleman. His name is Eric. And you can ask him any question about life, death, the afterlife. And he answers with such fluidity, with no hesitation. And his answers are so wise, so filled with love. You get the goosebumps because you realize you're listening to the truth here. And knowing Scott for so many years, there's no way that he and his personality could rehearse and deliver flawlessly for 90 minutes such words of inspiration. And Saturday, we had the researcher from Brazil, Sonia Rinaldi, do a presentation of her latest experiments, capturing images and voices from the afterlife. And we did it as a benefit event. This woman for over 33 years has been down there researching and experimenting, and she's never asked for a penny. During our two hours with Sonia, she reviewed some of her earlier experiments, the work she did recording voices from the afterlife. She shared many of these voices. She showed how she moved on to video and pictures and the different ways she would record images of the afterlife. And they all start out with her recording nothing, static energy, a picture of a computer, picture of something else. And when she replays back her film, it's her digital film filmed on her laptop or on a digital camera, she goes frame by frame. And within one second, there could be 32 different images. Her latest experiment is pretty cool. She showed us that she would work with parents and she would work with them on Zoom. She's got a vapor machine, so it sends up steam over the person's face of whose she's working with. And she's filming that. One lady, Lisa, she filmed her. And of course, the smoke or vapor was over her face. But when she went frame by frame through, different pictures materialized. Lisa and the other people she worked with, they could recognize the different people. They would use the vapor and rearrange it somehow You would think it would just be a white image made through this vapor, but it's not. Somehow they're able to change the colors to actually make flesh tones and colors of mustaches and hair. And then on Sunday, we do something called a Sunday gathering. And it's free. And we have two mediums deliver messages to people in our online audience. I want to play for you now the contact that Phil made with a member of our audience. So let's listen. 
I do believe that I want to talk about husband in the spirit world. Where we would have lived, there would have been either views of mountains nearby, but I also know with husband, he just loved to be outside. And I feel he would have worked at one time, either as within gardening or a lumberjack. I know it's in that field of work. Um, in fact, I want to be out in the forest, so I know there's a, either lumberjack or logging. Thank you, Phil. All righty, if you can recognize this gentleman, we have Lisa with her hand up. Let's bring in Lisa. Hello, Lisa. Hello. Welcome. Hello, Lisa. Do you understand everything I've said? Yes, sir. That's fine. Oh, sir as well. Wow, I like you. Um, But with your husband, would you understand where he loved to be outdoors? Yes, sir. And it just feels here with him. It's almost where I I like spending, not just being outdoors, but I spend a long time outdoors. It's almost like I like my own space. Yes. And it's just this sense with him, I want to be outside, I want to be working with nature as well. Yes. And it's almost like if he finds a lump of wood, he'd be really happy with it. Yes. And it's almost where I could turn anything, a piece of wood, into anything. I know he's got a really good imagination. Would I be right in saying he made garden ornaments like benches or seats with wood as well? No. He didn't. Good, clear no. Because I know here there must be something that he had that he either repaired or made that was in the garden. But I know it's of wood. Yes. That's fine. But I also know as well, Lisa, uh, with your husband, he didn't like to spend money. If he could fix it himself, he would do. Oh, my God. Yes. And it's almost this sense here, I'll make do with things. I don't want to replace them for the sake of it or just because there's something new. It's almost like I like my creature comforts. Yes. If I said he's not the biggest of talkers, but we could sit in silence, very comfortable. Yes. And where we used to live, there would have been like views of mountains as well. Yes. Because I know it's almost like I can smell the country air. I can smell that it's going to sound really weird, but I can smell the the mountain air as well. It must have been either a, a passion of his where he wanted to go to the places like the Rockies in Canada. Yes. Would I be right in saying you would have liked to travel with him to places that were quite rural, like mountains as well? Yes. He's taking me on tours and I'm apologising to him because I don't know where (laughs) they are. But it's almost like I'm happy driving through the forests and trees and mountains. And it doesn't matter what weather it is. It's going out for that drive and just getting out and about. Yes. But I also feel it's more than just that. I feel there's a real connection with your husband to nature, to the animals and that side of life. Yes. There must be memories also where we used to go walking through the hills. Yes. And I want to be not on the main paths. I want to be going to places that we know well and we would take almost like the backpack where nobody knew commonly. Yes. But again, it's almost this is where he would come out of himself and this is where you would see the true side of your husband and the way that he felt about you. Yes. Because it's almost where I want to stop taking this air, taking the view, but I want to put my arm around you and tell you that I love you. Yes, definitely. And, and, and it's almost not just that. I want, please forgive me, it's not me, but your husband. He wants to give you that kiss on your cheek when he would do this. And he would say, this is what life's about. Yes. But I know you must have photographs of him where he stood leaning against a fence with either mountains behind him. Yes. And I know these were favourite fun times, but I feel that these photographs were of him when he was in his real prime. Yes, they were at a celebration that I just had for him. Okay, that's fine, because I know here it's just the way that he brings this forward, but he wants you to know that he is around you, still loving you. Uh, And if I said that you look up to the sky and the clouds and tell him this, do you understand? Yes. Because he says, when you do that, 
and you say to him, I love you, he wants to say, I love you back. So I know here is a very passionate man, very romantic man in his own way, but I know there's a real sense of pride with him and strength about him, but I know there was areas where he couldn't voice his emotions, but he did little things that told you he absolutely worshipped you. Yes. And I know this is going to be quite private, but I know there's times when you sit up in the middle of the night and tell him how much you miss him as well. Yes. Because he says, let her know that I'm there with you, listening to you, trying to calm you and hug you as well. Yes. And I know here I'm hearing an old record from a long, long time ago. I feel here he would have liked either old country music or or old music would that make sense yes that's fine because i know the music he's playing me is not what he liked but it's a song by vera lynn where we'll meet again so i know oh my god yes that's fine because i know here he's just bringing this to mind but i know i just want to i can't do injustice i wish i could let you feel his love for you <laughs> And I know I have regrets where I never told you that enough is just saying, but I absolutely worship you. And I want <laughs> to thank you for the care that you gave me. <laughs> yes. And again, repeat something he's just said, um, I never took you for granted. So I know that you would have been the main cook and doing everything <laughs> in the house. Understand? Yes. Okay. Because I know you mentioned to him a few times, but I know here he just wants to, um, mention that to you very big what have you right in saying that he was cremated yes and what have you right in saying you've still got the ashes yes and you've been wondering what to do with these ashes oh god yes because he says just take me up a mountain and let me go but mm -hmm. i want to keep a little bit for myself because it's almost where i want to look at either you've had the thoughts of a jewelry or a ring or something with it as well yes okay because i just want to give you that kiss and let you know that he loves you very very much lisa yes and i'm going to leave you that and say thank you for allowing me to do that lisa thank you so much you're absolutely welcome me again while it's nice to get a lot of specifics during a medium reading we cannot overlook that the main point of it is for the recipient to really feel the love coming from the individual. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, the Apollo Jim murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst and the Jinx. Now, the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Hey folks, we need your music. Hey, it's producer Tom at Coast to Coast AM, and every first Sunday of the month, we play music from emerging artists just like you. If you're a musician or a singer and have recorded music you'd like to submit, it's very easy. Just go to coasttocoastam.com, click the Emerging Artist banner in the carousel, follow the instructions, and we just might play your music on the air. Go now to coasttocoastam.com to send us your recording. That's coasttocoastam.com. You're listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network with the best shows that explore the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. You can enjoy all the shows on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. The Coast to Coast AM mobile app is here and waiting for you right now. With the app, you can hear classic shows from the past seven years, listen to the current live show, and get access to the Art Bell Vault where you can listen to uninterrupted audio. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website. We have a handy video guide to help you get the most out of your mobile app usage. All the info is waiting for you now at coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. Hi, this is George Norrie, and you're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeart and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and I'd like to introduce you to Frances Key, who is a former English as a Second Language teacher. She's a musician, a writer of plays and musicals, a mother of four, and grandmother to seven. When her own mom passed away years ago, she had an extraordinary experience of communication with her mom. This communication continued for several years and resulted in four books, which contain 100 spiritual insights. Frances, welcome. Thank you so much. Thrilled to be here. Frances, we are thrilled to have you. We'd love to hear some of your story. And also, what is the full title of your books? The Team, A Mother's Wisdom from the Other Side. Oh, beautiful. Um, books one, two, three, and four. Mm, congratulations yes, on that. So I'm very happy to be able to speak um, about this beautiful material, which, by the way, I am uh, a student of. Not, uh, I consider myself a scribe of it and a student of it and not the original author in oh. many, in any way, shape, or form. Yes. Um, when I read through it, I realize every time, um, you know, who wrote it, and uh, I'm not capable of uh, the, the words that, that poured through. Oh, They're really a gift. Beautiful. Well, how does your story begin? As a child, did you have any abilities, or maybe give us a little bit about your past and what you went into mm-hmm. for work, because you're up to so many things, mm-hmm. and then maybe how yes. this all, the books came about. Okay. Um, yes, as a young child, um, my mother and I were extremely close. She was also a musician and teacher, and she recognized in me um, uh, a spiritual yearning, I guess you might say. And she really cultivated and listened. I would say more than anything, listened and supported my thoughts, my writings. I started writing as a young child uh, poetry. And um, it was easy for her to see that my poems were kind of reaching, reaching for God. So she really worked with me on that. And she was in her own exploration uh, of spiritual matters. She, we were in the Catholic Church, and then when I was about five, she began to explore different places. We went to the Unitarian Church, where there was a lot of open-minded discussions um, that I was able to uh, be exposed to. And one night, she took me to a group that met at the Unitarian Church, and they were discussing automatic writing. And I was 10 years old at the time. And I said, oh, I do that. And my mother looked at me. She didn't even know what I, I said. When I write my poems, somebody helps me. Wow. So they immediately 
they, they were adults, but they all said, well, can you show us? And I did. There's only one sample of the automatic writing left that we managed to keep over the years. And it's um, a copy of it is in the book, is in the books. So I wrote and we became aware of what was really going on. But as the years went by, I've heard this happens to a lot of people who have this kind of connection with the other side. When they get into their teens, um, a conflict often steps up, you know, because you want to go into the real world and you have this pull back and forth of, you know, getting your, your hands in the clay, so to speak, and this other side that keeps pulling you. And also, I think it could be sort of the body goes through a hormonal change and it makes you even more sensitive. And I became afraid, to be honest, of all of it. I had experiences where it was just too open and I couldn't make heads or tails of it sort of. So I kind of closed things off to a degree. And then in my 20s, well, actually when I was 12, uh, my mother took me to a church called the Universal Church of Ontology, which was a metaphysical church. And in my 20s, I became very involved in spiritual writing for the church. And I felt very inspired when I would write for them. And I'm sure it was the same source, but I didn't think of it as automatic writing. So fast forward in my life, my mother and I left that church eventually, and we didn't really connect with another church, but we continued our own spiritual conversations and awareness, growth of awareness. She was definitely and is definitely my spiritual teacher. Through the years, she would say to me, you know, uh, you should do that automatic writing again. And I would say to her, Mother, you're getting older. She was in her 80s. I said, why don't you write a book? Oh, I don't want to review my life, she would say. And I said, it doesn't have to be that kind of book. Each chapter could be just a different topic of things you've learned through your life, your spiritual topics, you know. So she tried and she said, I'm just too old. I just can't do it. And she would say, well, why aren't you doing that inspirational automatic writing anymore? And I'd say, I don't know. I I just don't know. So eventually my mother became ill. I took care of her for 20 months. She had cancer. When she passed away, I was with her and other family members, and I felt at her passing something I didn't understand until later. I felt like a part of me left my body with her, and a part of her entered my body. It was like an exchange of some kind. It was the most incredible, I don't want to call it a sensation, but it was like a knowing and something very quiet came in into my being. Hmm. And a few days later, I said to my sister, I said, you know, I feel like my nickname, by the, name, by the way, is Frankie. I said, I feel like all the Frankiness in me has gone away and something else has replaced it. And she said, well, this must be part of grief. And she was concerned about me. And I, I, and I, <laughs> I didn't know how else to say it. You know, I know it sounded strange to other people. But a complete change came over me and came into my life. And within 19 days, actually, my second daughter, who's named Autumn, called me. And she said she was pregnant with her first child. And I was so excited for her. And I got on a plane, this was 19 days after my mother's passing, to fly up to New York. I just had this impulse. I had to put my arms around her pregnant body. Hmm. And on the plane, the communication began with my mother. So I'll pause here because you might have a question. I'm kind of rambling on and on. You can ramble because I'm just hanging on to every word. Like, how did, yeah, just keep going. How how did it begin on the plane? Well, I'll back up just For a second about that, two weeks before my mother passed, Autumn had gone to her and hugged her in her her hospital bed, you know, hospice had put into the house and said, Nana, when you get to heaven, could you ask the angels to send me a baby? Because I haven't been able to get pregnant for a year. Wow. And she said, in her beautiful Australian, lilting, lovely voice, she said, oh, I think I can help you with that, dear. Oh. Now, that was two weeks before my mother passed. 
And 19 days later, I'm on a plane and my daughter is pregnant. Beautiful. So immediately after my mother's passing, my daughter was pregnant. And so it really felt like a blessing and that this child was connected to, was being sent. Sure. <laughs> the timing was yes. perfect. Yes. So as I flew there, I was looking out the window. And pardon me if I get choked up on this because it was so intense. It's really hard to remember. That's okay. Um, without feeling that way. Sure. But it's okay. As I looked out the window at the clouds, you know how they are, so glorious when you're looking out from a plane. And I just thought to myself, oh, you know, the beauty of it. And I thought, Mother, is there any distance for you? What is it like for you? Is it because, because the clouds just were so vast, you know, and I just was thinking about distance. And I heard her voice answer me. And it was so clear. It was as if it were audible. It felt like it was in my head, but it also felt like it was audible. You know, I'm looking around like, where did that come from? And she said, well, it's not distance like you have. It's more like I can drop into a person's consciousness. And so, you know, I listened to that and then it just continued. She said, you know, look around you. And then she talked about focus. She said, out of the corner of your eye, you can see someone's dress. And in front of you, you can see the pilot's door. And out the other corner of your eye, you see the clouds. And at any second, you can shift your focus to any of those things. Anything in this airplane, you can shift your focus to, and you're immediately tuned into that and tuning out the other things you're seeing. And she said, it's like that. I can tune in and drop in like somebody's name, like I drop into a neighborhood, into somebody's consciousness. I always have a pencil and paper with me in my purse. It's just been my life as a writer. I, I always do. So... I pulled it out and I started writing down what she was saying and it went on for the good hour and a half flight. The conversation, it was more about my life and about my feelings and about my love for her and my missing of her and, you know, those kinds of things were our conversation. And then it became more universal. She was just talking to me about all of it. And she was really focusing on tools and awareness that can enrich our lives and make our existence here less confusing. When I got off the plane, I thought, well, that was a one-time experience. I felt like it had been this amazing hour and a half of communication. But I got, and I got in the taxi and called someone uh, and told her about it because I said, I have to talk to you. I have to talk to somebody about this. Sure. And so we did, we discussed it, but then it never stopped. It went on for, well, several years, but the first and most intense was about the six, about six months. It was an incredible, uplifting, energizing period of time. All pain left my body. I needed no sleep. I was energized and it was just like a course of electricity running through me at all times. Francis, we have to take a short break and we'd love to hear more. We're talking to Francis Key, author of The Team Books. You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stay right there. There's more Sandra coming right up. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpern. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. 
Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Gym Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now, the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, folks, it's easier than ever to become a Coast to Coast AM insider and have access to past shows, the Art Bell Vault with classic audio and interviews, and so much more. And you can listen to the show live or on demand with your computer or cell phone, and the audio streams are high quality and crystal clear. It's easy to become an insider. Just head on over to coasttocoastam.com, the website, and you'll find all the info right there. That's coasttocoastam.com, coasttocoastam.com. My name is Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com. Over five years ago, George Norrie approached me with a unique concept, a dating site for people searching for someone with interests in UFOs, ghosts, Bigfoot, conspiracy theories, and the paranormal. From that, ParanormalDate.com was born. It's a unique site for unique people, and it's free to join to look around. If you want to upgrade and enjoy more of our great features, use promo code GEORGE for a great discount. So check it out. You got nothing to lose. ParanormalDate.com. Hey everybody, it's producer Tom and you're listening to Shades of the Afterlife with Sandra Champlain on the new iHeartMedia and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And don't forget, you can listen to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you find your favorite shows. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we are with Francis Key. Francis, how did it feel like when you were receiving this information? Every time I would communicate with her, I would experience this ecstatic feeling in my forehead, which I learned as time went by what people have described as a third eye. And it, it actually never stopped. I could feel it like slightly all the time. And then sometimes during commun- more intense communication, it was overpowering, like could make me dizzy. Hmm. So a piece of her really um, did enter you with her transition, sounds like. Yes, I have no doubt of it hmm. because so many things changed. It was like a, an emotional healing of lingering hurts and angers and things like that that had, you know, I had been carrying through my life vanished, have never returned, a peace and a knowing began that has never gone away. Now, I don't have that constant communication. I do sometimes experience it, and I sometimes experience the um, sensation in the forehead and meditation and things like that. But that's all right. I was taught through this whole experience not to cling we are not to cling to certain feelings and experiences that we have in our spiritual journey. You know, we can become imbalanced and even addicted to the idea that we have to always see or feel or sense something. Sure, sure. And she pointed out, we are here to be on the earth and not to escape from it, but to bring in the light and merge it with this very natural existence. And she really cautioned against, you know, wanting to get out of here and using any of this, of these tools that, that we often 
pursue when we're seekers. We pursue meditation and and watch a lot of videos on the subject or read a lot of books. But we have to stay balanced with it because we are here to bring the light, to share the light, and we are all capable of, of assisting with the evolution of the entire planet, the spiritual evolution of the planet. Wow, Francis. When this first started happening in the airplane, did you st- first start thinking you're talking to yourself? Or did you know, you- I probably would have thought that if, if I um, had never had an experience like this before. Mm, that's right. But I guess because I was aware of sort of my natural ability when I was younger to, to receive information mm-hmm. like that, and because I've had many experiences, what people would call psychic or mediumship, you know, through the years, I had no doubt that I would communicate somehow in some way with my mother after she passed, because I had seen usually through dream visions and a few other more waking experiences, I had connected with a lot of people who had passed in my life. This was not new to me. However, this was new to me. Mm-hmm. Never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that I would have direct communication with my mother and that my life would be completely transformed physically and emotionally and that these books would be produced. You know, I just assumed and hoped I would have a a visitation and a dream or something of that nature. Well, I think most people want that. In our last several episodes, we've been talking about getting in touch with our loved ones and practices to feel their energy and things like that. And uh, mm-hmm. to, to hear your experience, it's just like, it is all possible. And it sounds like as a child and with the automatic writing mm-hmm. and, and the poems you wrote, you were kind of being groomed for this, keeping the channel open. Uh, it's yes. magnificent. It really is. So there you are with um, probably tons of, papers filled with spiritual insights <laughs> at what point <laughs> they were handwritten yeah at what point did you say i've got to share these well in the very beginning the first book i released three weeks after she started talking to me that's fast because it was night and day it was night and day and i had this i, I was given this incredible level of energy to do it i mean i wasn't tired i would just night and day, stay right and right, sleep a little right and right. I wasn't working right after she passed because I'd been taking care of her yes. full time. And that's all I did. She died October 9th, and then I released the book in January. So that was the first book. And I had thought at first of just releasing it as teachings my mother had given me in my life because I hesitated I mean, I hesitated to tell my own family members that I was actually talking to her. Mm-hmm. Sounds a little uh, weird or could to some. Yes. And they were very respectful and, and they know, they knew enough about me to know that I had that tendency, if you would say, but they were concerned a little and they kept a close eye, I think, on how I was doing. But it became evident to them, particularly when they read the material, that you know, these weren't the ravings of a, an imbalanced person by any means. So I decided finally, I thought, you know, I'm going to release it and just say what happened. I'm going to tell it in the book, which mm-hmm. I do, the, how how it all came to be, rather than say spiritual insights from my mother, you know, without saying when it occurred. Yes. So I decided to go forward with it. I was a little nervous. Sure. Um, to go public like that, but... I've never regretted it. Are there some of the insights that you can share with us? There's a hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't know there would be a hundred, but at the end I counted a bump. I went, wow, 100. They are so unique. After I had this experience and, and started, you know, really reading through the material, because I pick it up today and I'll read it and I'm just blown away by it. People started contacting me saying, oh, have you ever heard of this NDE? Or have you heard of this? Or have you heard of that? Really, I hadn't. Seven years ago, I i don't know, I just wasn't watching NDEs. I had heard of Raymond Moody because my mother had told me about him mm-hmm. when I was in my 20s or 30s. I guess she was reading the book because she was going, oh, this and that, because she was always 
sharing these things with me, but I just wasn't aware. And so people started saying, well, what about this and what about that? So I started comparing it and finding that some of these concepts, which I had never heard of, were out there in a different way. But then some of them, I truly, and others have told me, they've, they've never heard of. But it's the power of the language. It's the way it's spoken. You know, I can talk about it, but I'm just a person talking about it. Mm-hmm. It is the way the words are woven together that are so unique and so different. I'm going to grab a book real quick here. Open to a random I'll page. I'll read you some of the titles, <laughs> yeah. and I'll let you know which ones I want to speak on just a second. Okay. I came to realize that in book one, the seed for everything in the rest of the books is there. Because as the other information unfolded, I would look back and I'd think, oh, there's just one word or one sentence in book one that alludes to that. And here it is, an entire chapter developed. So book one really plants all the seeds. It's written in a more simple style, and it's also written very much in my mother's voice. That's great. But I think what happened is once I became trusting and open to my mother's voice, after book one, and she said, there's book one, at the end of book one, she said, there's book one. I didn't know how many books there would be. When I began on book two, many other styles of writing came in. There's a chapter called uh, Your Mystical Body. And it's all about the human body relating to the universe. And it's written in a very medical style. Then you have scientific sounding material. Then you have uh, poetic material. So I came to realize that as she says, you are not alone. You are not even functioning as one person. Nobody is. For you are a member of a team. A spiritual team as close to you as breathing. And she goes on to develop the idea that we are each representative here of our team and that the team learns collectively, shares the information collectively, even shares plans, intentions, missions, everything is collective. Every teammate doesn't have to come and do everything on this earth because you learn vicariously through each other. And when you return to your team upon your transition, And you report back to your team, you're like someone coming home from a big conference where you spoke on behalf of the team, but then you go back and you you brainstorm about what worked well at the conference and what, what needed more, and everyone learns from your experience without having to literally do everything themselves. So I became aware in book two of all these teammates that were actually directing the writing. And my mother does come in and out of all the books but there are others as well. But in book one, she talks about uh, parallel vibrations, the hodgepodge that is the earth, human ingenuity, activating the alternatives, reciprocal influences, extrapolation, elimination through illumination, the gold and silver of it all. The titles are unusual and the approach is unusual. Spiritual invigorators, I'd like to just read a little bit because there's something in the language that is so much more than what I can capture just Mm -hmm. talking about it. that's fine. Okay. I just want to repeat something that you said because it's on your website, which is theteambooks.com. You are not alone. You are not really even functioning as one person. Nobody is, for you are a member of a spiritual team as close to you as breathing. That just resonated with me, gave me goosebumps, and gosh, we feel alone all the time. And to get that our life is a bigger purpose, and I love like we've gone to a conference and coming back to report in what worked, what didn't work. Yes. It's a whole new view um, of living. It is. And Mm -hmm. she talks about how we are the boots on the ground, and 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 those who are on the other side are those in the lookout tower. And that we're constantly sending information back and forth to each other. And then we switch places. As painful as it often can feel when someone passes, we really are just finishing our course here and continuing there. And at times, we are more useful on the other side. We'll be back in just a moment to hear Frances Key read from her book and give you some tips so you can do your own inspired writing. 
You're listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Keep it here on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Sandra Champlain will be right back. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with the Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in the Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are happy to announce that our Coast to Coast AM official YouTube channel has now reached over 300,000 subscribers. You can listen to the first hour of recent and past shows for free. So head on over to the coasttocoastam.com website and hit the YouTube icon at the top of the page. This is free show audio, so don't wait. coasttocoastam.com is where you want to be. Hey, it's time to head over to coasttocoastam.com and check out the Art Bell Vault, a collection of timeless audio. Listen to some of the great interviews with the likes of the late Father Malachi Martin, Dr. Evelyn Paglini, investigative journalist Jim Mars, and more. This is classic audio that you can enjoy at any time, and it's all heard without interruption. New shows are added each week, so find out how to access the Art Bell Vault now by going to coasttocoastam.com. That's coasttocoastam.com. Did you know that tests that could save your life from cancer are now available for little or no cost thanks to the health care law called the Affordable Care Act? Let this be the year you get screening tests that can detect cancer early when it's most treatable. Don't let concerns get in the way. Talk to a doctor or other medical professional to learn more about the best cancer testing options for you. Welcome back to Shades of the Afterlife. I'm Sandra Champlain, and we're with Frances Key, who is just about to read from her book of some of the inspiration she received from her mom in the afterlife. I'm going to read from the chapter called Openings, and it it begins with, You are not alone. I speak to your soul as your team member, to your heart as your mother, and to your mind as your teacher and friend. We are so fortunate to have so many layers of connection to each other, making this work so natural and simple for us. I want to tell you 
of where I am. It is a place that you will recognize from my description, for you have spent more time here than on earth. It is the familiar treehouse upon the mountaintop. A candle burns in the window there, waiting for you. The universe is composed of everlasting bands of light, which are filled with countless points of consciousness with each band. Indeed, there is no end to the stretch of light in evolution. And all these components combine as the absolute, which is also called by the warm and familiar word, God. As one who stands upon a glorious mountain peak wants to cry out with awe into the vastness, so am I bursting with a yearning to convey what it is I now can see. Yet I know that while these vast concepts are enthralling, the most useful concepts for you right now upon the earth are that of your spiritual connection to your team, how your physical body relates to your spiritual body, methods for accelerating your development, tools to dispel negativity, and the overriding mission of life on earth. And I'm going to move over to page 17 because it talks about this uh, analogy of the conference. Okay. Imagine a representative of a company being sent out to a conference. His head is full of facts and figures, concrete goals, and mile-high dreams. He has a mission to accomplish, and the hopes of a business are riding on him. His supervisors have prepared him. He has learned his lessons well. He has weaknesses, too, which both he and the others are well aware of. Before and after the conference, he is in touch with the team. But when he stands up to deliver his material to the audience, it's up to him to be the strongest representative he can be. After leaving the conference, he returns to his place of origin filled with information about what was well-received and what was not, where he erred and where he excelled. And this information enables the team to regroup and plan anew. This analogy, business or otherwise, reflects the basic structure of how souls unite into teams for a variety of missions in order that every member may grow and expand. It also reflects the fact that every member at some time or another bears the weight for the rest of their team, willingly accepting challenges that belong to the group. And the end of this is, I am here to tell you that you are valued, honored, and needed by your team. And I am here to tell you that by remembering who you are, the team to whom you belong, and the legacy that you carry within your spiritual DNA, you can transform your entire existence. Thank you, Mom. Yes. Oh. She says we have spiritual DNA, just like we have physical DNA. Mm -hmm. Certain people and experiences along the way serve to activate the spiritual DNA in us. Just like a baby needs certain nourishment and experiences and exposure and movement and color and stimulation for their DNA to be activated. These things can be damaged and not activated if they're not exposed. So our spiritual DNA, we have very special events along the line that are planned for us for the purpose of this activation. Thank you, Francis. I think we can all relate to the fact that in our lives, there's certain pivotal things that happen to get us to where we are now. And there's also people that have come into our lives that have taught us lessons that have made a difference. And sometimes it's even been in our most heartbreaking times that some of these people, maybe part of the team, stepped up to make a difference. I think of the time when my own dad passed and all the pain and suffering and emotions and the miscommunications with my family members. It all led me to investigate the afterlife. It all led me to investigate grief with it not happening exactly the way it did and without the team members doing exactly what they did we wouldn't be here today. This radio show wouldn't exist. There wouldn't be so much of the things that we're doing now really to help others. So it's an interesting concept. And thank you so much, Francis, for taking the time to be with us today. Anytime. It was such a pleasure. 
And to our listeners, if you're interested in Francis's books, you can look on Amazon and just type in Francis Key. Her books are called The Team, A Mother's Wisdom from the Other Side, books one, two, three, and four. We're going to move on now to inspirational writing and how you can get a connection with those folks that you have on the other side that are part of your team. Many years ago, I took a course at the Arthur Finley College on trance mediumship. In fact, I took two and have been slowly developing here at my own house. One of the things that we started talking about, even in episode number one, was something called sitting in the power. We live here on earth in the illusion that this is all that there is. And meanwhile, in this space around us is just vibrating, chock full of all kinds of things that we cannot see, including our loved ones in the afterlife. So if we can raise our soul power, so to speak, it allows us to be able to connect with this unseen world. Now it's possible for people to blend, like I had said earlier about Scott Milligan in trance, but also to allow the words of your guides or your inspirers to help you to write something. And I want to share with you how we can do that. Now, the thing is, is we don't really know if this is coming from a guide or an inspirer, or if it's coming from your own soul. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter. You will definitely get the feeling that a higher power, whether it was yours or from a soul of someone else, is helping you on this journey. Developing inspired writing may take some time, but that's true with any relationship that you build. We have such busy, crazy minds that are thinking nonstop about so many different things, and it really takes quieting that mind. One of the practices I like to do is to imagine that there is a bright white light just in my soul, in the center of my being. So for me, it's just kind of between the lungs and the belly button, somewhere in that area. Wherever you feel love is where you can imagine the soul is. I imagine that bright white light just growing and growing and growing and growing. And then I also imagine a bright white light. I imagine the sun because that's the brightest thing I've ever seen. And I imagine that as this divine source. And I let those two lights merge with the intention that I am blending with this higher power, that I am blending with the unseen world, that I'm blending with my guides. Intention is everything. And then what I do is I just clear my mind, I concentrate on my breath, and I just slow down. When I do this, I have a pen and paper in front of me, or sometimes I'm at the keyboard of my computer, and I just have this request that I would love to share some words of inspiration. And from there, a word will come into my mind. And I type out or write out that word, and then I write the next word that comes into my mind. What's interesting is that I'm not fabricating. I'm not thinking what would be the next word that comes in this sentence. I just let whatever words come into my mind come, and then I write them down or I type them out. And in my experience, when I can stay concentrating on my breath and not try to think of the words that are being written down or did I spell them correctly, get that mind out of the way. And when I can be very, very centered and peaceful and just follow the words, there has been some amazing inspiration that has flowed. Here is one I'd like to read to you. Silver are the seas, and the moonlight bounces from one wave to the next, gently stirring and moving. The crests are but a moment in time that is quickly forgotten. Life for you and me is quite the same. Silvery, glittery, glistening moments of greatness are highlights and pleasantries. So wonderful, so joyful, illuminated by the moon as the beauty dances upon the shallow waves. Beneath the water... The fish watch in wonder. They dance in delight. However, only the moon knows a dramatic shift will occur. It is not known when it will happen. 
But as sure as the brightness of the day is replaced with the darkness of the night, so too will the seas become stormy. A great gale force arrives and wreaks havoc on the ocean waters. High tides and waves abound, crashing like thunderous storms on the waters. The peaks and valleys are mighty. Danger looms for the ship on the water. Danger looms for all who fall entranced to the dark clouds and giant waves in our minds. The fish go deep to the bottom of the ocean, where it is safe and peaceful. To those witnessing the surface of the water, the moon reflects a violent ocean. However, to the moon, it does not really matter. For millions of years, the moon sits quietly in its place and just observes. Be the moon. Act as the fish and go into the quiet stillness of your depths. Times will always change. Be confident of that. Remember the moon and you will remember yourself. So go ahead. Try some inspired writing. Even at the beginning, if it's 99% you and 1% the spirit world, it doesn't matter. Keep on practicing. This is Sandra Champlain, and you've been listening to Shades of the Afterlife on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. And if you like this episode of Shades of the Afterlife, wait until you hear the next one. Thank you for listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network.